Hey everyone, welcome to my podcast. This is Be a Warrior, and I'm your host, Angie Huser. It's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. All right, hey everyone, I am so happy you are here. And I'll tell you what, what a week it's been. Last week, we discussed a little bit of Through the Horse's Eyes. And if you're new to my podcast, um, one thing I do is I usually go just through my personal journey in hopes that maybe a message within the, the week past, something resonates with you, whether you're an amputee like myself, or you're just struggling with certain things in life. And... Um, you know, with this podcast, it really could go in any direction. <laughs> um, I have been, you know, gifted with um, the gift of gab, and I have no problem speaking and talking and talking um, my own leg off, no pun intended. Um, gosh, those puns are getting worse and worse every week, I swear. But anyways, I, um, you know, I had just a great weekend. My boys were home from school, so I got to be with them. And it was just a, a great weekend, uh, relaxing, being together, family time. And those are always um, really good for the heart and the soul. And so I hope you've had that kind of enjoyment and reconnecting with people in your life. This week, I wasn't sure where I was going to go with this this week, this podcast. Um, I've spent a lot of time with my horse and, you know, last week I did talk about through horse's eyes and how she kind of sees me. And one of the things that I'm working towards is, you know, equine therapy and learning more about that and equine meditation and being around horses and how they can, they know us, they, they reflect our own emotions, even when we try to conceal or we think that maybe we've hidden them. And I was fortunate enough today to talk to a wonderful young lady um, who was just interested in my journey. And I thought, gosh, you know what, it kind of got me like really excited. And wondering if, if some of you just don't even know where my journey has taken me. And so I thought maybe that might be the angle. Because what we really discussed was, you know, how I got into um, certain activities as an amputee. And I know, um, you know, I'm trying to get myself out there. I'm trying to listen to what is kind of on the hearts, especially of ladies that are amputees. But, you know, I think it talks a lot about, you know, what what's really actually going on in the world and how people are dealing with emotional and mental um, stress on their life. And then when you add in physical limitations because of medical issues, you know, that's a whole nother just mess. And we, you know, some of us are going through it in big ways. Um, like I said, I am an above knee amputee and I um, um, just hit my fourth year since my um, surgery. Mine was elected because I had had five years prior to that of um, surgery after surgery that just wasn't allowing me, my body wasn't allowing me to heal correctly from. There was no you know, malpractice or anything. It was just the way my body was made. And I hyper scarred and had no mobility. And then a blood clot happened. And 
that was the choice that I made. And it is a choice that I am grateful for because it has led me to doing things like this podcast, chat rooms with other ladies who are struggling, um, meeting new people along the path, trying new activities and new sports out, and you know, realizing my own potential and dreams as a different, physically different person. And so I thought maybe with this episode, I might kind of give you a glimpse into what kind of makes me tick and how I got to where I am. For those of you that know me, I, um, you know that I am a mom of two um, college-age boys, and I married my high school sweetheart. And he has been phenomenal through all of this because I know when he was 16, 17 years old, he did not think that Uh, he would ever be married to an amputee, I'm sure. Um, We know no one. uh, Until this happened, I knew no one who was an amputee. And so this is a completely different journey. And when you elect to have an amputation, at least my perspective is, then you have to own it. Um, And when I say that, that doesn't mean there aren't hard times. And there doesn't mean that you you can't have a moment of, you'll know one of my podcasts is called Pity Party for One, Um, because sometimes it does happen and it's okay to have those moments. It's just not okay to dwell in them and sabotage your life because you can't get yourself out of it. And that's when you need to reach out for support and help. And that is one of the reasons why I created this podcast, because I really wanted to use what I'm going through and hopefully it speaks to someone and gives them a glimpse of hope that things can turn around. And then from that, I try to explain how I get where I'm at because you might see where I'm at and be like, well, great, it's easy for her to say, but I'd rather have you understand that it wasn't always like it is right now, this moment today, that everything starts at a beginning point. And and when you get online and, you know, gosh, this goes for high school students and middle school students, um, for adults, men, women, amputees, regular people. Um, Social media can be great, but it can also be a very, very sharp double-edged sword. Because if you go on social media to be inspired, you might find the flip and you might actually feel like the comparison has happened and you realize that you're not living as good a life as that person or a good a life as that amputee or whatever. And the problem with that is you don't know the whole picture. The only problem with social media that I'm seeing is that people definitely post their best moments, right? Of course we do. We want everybody to see that we've succeeded at something, that we're doing great, that we're happy. But guess what? That snapshot took a second to take And there is still, you know, 23 hours and, and, you know, 59 minutes left in that day for things to be ugly and not what it is. And sometimes people put those good moments on social media for their own benefit because they might just be struggling so badly that if they don't post something positive, you know, they might just explode. So... Like I've, I've stated in the past, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. And if we spend our time comparing ourselves to where others are, 
we forget what things we've accomplished along our own journey. We each have our own journey. We each have our own path and we have our own life to live. What I'm going through and how I'm dealing with it is very, very personal and only relates to me. But if I can give you a glimpse on why things work the way they work and where I've stumbled and where I don't want you to stumble, then maybe that will help you. But you are going to have to figure out how to forge your own path. So with that being said, some of the things that maybe some people don't know about me is that I did choose to have my leg amputated. I had to have it above the knee because my knee joint was totally mangled in a mess and it was creating bad blood flow, which then eventually led to a blood clot. That was just the straw that broke the camel's back because I had been dealing with for five years being unactive, uh, gaining weight, in a lot of pain, not able to do anything with my family. I couldn't even go for walks without dealing with the pain, swelling, things like that. And so I made the choice and I'm one of those people that says, well, if I chose it, then I better deal with it. And so I have fought to be as normal, quote unquote, as possible and live life the way I know how to live life, just as me. And, you know, there are times I forget that I actually have a prosthetic on because it's just what it is now and I don't give it a second thought. That is not how it's always been. So if you are brand new to the amputee game, this is not how it started for me. I struggled. There were moments in every day that I was in pain. It sucked. I hated it. I don't want to put this on anymore. This is the rest of my life. Those kind of comments. Yes, there were times that I would cry in the shower and be in disbelief, but on the whole, I only looked up. And that was a choice that I made consciously. So you need to know that, that it's not always smiles and wonderful podcasts. It is hard work. It is dedication. It is mental fortitude and finding and building character. You are going to find things out about yourself as you go through trials in life. And that's what trials are meant to do. They're, they're meant to chip away at you so you can build yourself up and build the character you need to get through life. And you don't want to just get through life. You want to succeed at life. You want to feel positive about life. One of the things that we talked about today when I was talking to this young lady was, you know, I'm not exactly sure what her question really was, but I do know that my answer was I felt empowered. And I I believe that it was, why do I do those things that I do? And what led me to trying new things like surfing for the first time after I became an amputee? When most people would think, gosh, you became an amputee, what do you do? Can you do anything? Yeah, I can do everything. And that's probably what the competitive side of me is probably what spoke to that and pushed me to do things that no one else thought I could do. And and maybe I was proving to myself that I still had the grit and the character and the fortitude and the strength to do the things I wanted to, to really live my life. I didn't want to just make it through 
now that I was an amputee, I wanted to live. I wanted to live big. I wanted to live powerful. I wanted to live empowered and empowering others. That's what led me to making the podcast is I realized that through my journey and the ups and downs of that journey, that maybe somebody might get something out of this. Like I always say, if this podcast reaches one of you and one of you feels changed or moved or empowered, then I've done what I wanted to do. I don't need a thousand followers. I just want one person's life to be altered in a positive way by what they hear here. So with that being said, one of the very first moments, I had two major moments where I felt it was life altering, life altering enough that it brought me such great joy and a sense of accomplishment and self-esteem building and acknowledgement of where I was in my journey in life that it's worth telling. The first one came just over a year after I became an amputee. I've always had a love for horses. I think that might be every little girl's dream growing up that they always wanted a horse, a pony. They just, there's something about them. I collected horses, you know, like the hard statue horses um, to the point of actually sleeping with them like a stuffed animal, but they were hard. Um, which was kind of a weird thing, but yes, I did. And um, about a year after my amputation, my husband and I decided to do a getaway down in Tucson in a place that actually has you put your phones away and kind of detox from electronics and just learn to be a part of nature, slow things down, eat healthy natural foods, very holistic they also had an equine center there, which whenever I can, I will try so hard to get my family to do something with horses. Um, I've successfully on two family trips in all these years, gotten them to do horseback riding. And it was when the kids were little, like, so literally one kid sitting on a saddle in front of me and another kid in front of my husband on a saddle, nothing as adults and now they're adults. So it doesn't happen often, twice. <laughs> So when we went here, I said I wanted to do this thing called equine meditation. I had no idea what it was, but I knew I liked horses and I loved being able to meditate and just relax. So I thought this has got to be a good thing, right? So what we did was we got to this place and we had a little bit of a talk through with the instructor on what we were going to experience how we were supposed to kind of let go of the external things and focus on our breathing and what was going on inside. And of course, anybody that's been through any major trials in life knows that you can look like you've got everything together here on the outside, but inside can be complete turmoil. And if you're really good at faking it, like I can be, and you can sit there and go through life with a smile on your face just so that everybody knows that everything's okay, but you can still have worries, fears, anxieties, unknowns going on inside. Well, I wanted to try to release those things. And I thought, well, this is a great place to do it, right? You're in a quiet place. You're trying to be introspective. You're shutting out the world around you. This is going to be good. Then we were pulled into, it was just four of us, my husband and I and two other ladies, into this area, this arena that had like four or five horses. 
and we were told to ground ourselves there, not to do anything else. We weren't going to make eye contact with the horses. We weren't touching anything. We were just being, just be, and focus on how your body feels. And it was one of those body scans where you start with your toes and you work your way up to your hair, right? And feeling everything happening. When you do that, you your breathing slows down, it gets a little deeper, you feel a little bit calmer. And what was really intriguing to me is the fact that when we kind of opened our eyes from that little um, exercise, the horses that were in the arena had come over to us and gotten closer to us. And that was really, really cool. I thought, wow, that's interesting how that worked. But they pick up on the energy is what we were told. And we were also told that after that, we were supposed to go to a horse and just kind of be with that horse. And she had told us that the horses that were kind of outliers were not as participatory as the others that were over by people. And I, liking a challenge, decided that those were the horses I was going to go to. And so I ambled over to those horses. Now, keeping in mind that I'm only a year into having a prosthetic and, you know, on regular ground, I feel like I'm doing pretty good with it. But, you know, you can tell I'm an amputee from walking and my legs covered. But you get me on uneven ground that's wobbly and dirt and and pockets of uh, dips and things within that. And my walking becomes a little bit more tightened, so to speak. And I, you know, it's not as calm and relaxing. It's a little cumbersome. And when I finally got over to the horse, even though I tried to be quiet and, you know, just a gentle walking up to it, it was like it looked at me when I touched it and said, yeah, no, you don't deserve me. And it walked away. And I just remember feeling completely crushed and abandoned. Like I put human characteristics to that walk away so fast. And I thought, my gosh, I was totally rejected. And I look over and my husband and the two other ladies had their horses and they were petting them and they were just all good and hunky-dory. And there's me, the one who loves horses so much, couldn't even get her horse to stay by her. That was heartbreaking because I thought that I knew what I was doing and I thought I was calm and I really thought I had my stuff together and that I knew my weaknesses and that I didn't really have any and that I was, I had come to terms with where I was at in my disability, quote unquote. And the horse had another message for me. And the instructor said, why do you think it walked away from you? And I had to think for a second, but I knew right away. I'm like, I just didn't feel comfortable walking up to it. I felt like I was too loud, that I was aggressive with my walk, that I was um, uneven and off off kilter. And, and it just, I, I think I tightened up. And she goes, exactly. And your horse read that in you and it took it as being standoffish and it was reflecting you. And I said, great. So we tried a new exercise where we haltered the horses and tied them to the end of the fences around. And they said, everybody go get a different horse, try somebody else. So of course, I wasn't going to go to the same horse that just rejected me. So I went to a different horse that liked the other people. And that horse was fine. Granted, it was tied off, so it couldn't leave me. And while I was there, I got a chance to just slow down, breathe deeper, and 
own where I was at in my journey. And as I did that, I started to calm. And then we were told to lean up against the horse and feel its, its barrel, its chest breathing, its sides breathing in and out, and try to sync up with the breathing and see what would happen if you slowed yours down and if the horse would. And that was really amazing. My horse didn't flinch, which was good for me. And it let me regain some sense of clarity on my life. And the next exercise was now to unhalter those horses and see what happened to everybody's horses and where everybody went. So we unhaltered ours and my horse stayed with me. I was very excited. But ironically, and the moment that my life drastically changed was that the horse that rejected me at the beginning or rejected my persona came walking over to me and the horse I was with, pushed that horse aside and walked in between us and took its place center stage in front of me. It was crazy. The horse had realized that I, I guess, had come to terms with where I was at. It sensed my calm. But the fact that it actually came back to me, even with all those other people there and other horses and other things going on, it chose to come back to me. And I got to tell you, that was the most profound moment since my amputation, that the connection that was made and the what I learned about myself in that moment, and quite frankly, the immediate healing I felt inside was phenomenal. And it changed me forever. Now, I have to say, backtracking on that, probably four months prior to that, I was just just shy of a year since my amputation and the moment that that started the 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 healing from within actually was done in Kauai when I decided for the first time ever in my life to try surfing as an amputee with a brand new leg that my prosthetist had made um, from a blueprint of someone who created their own because I wasn't even sure as an above knee amputee if I could surf, if that was even such a thing, because I didn't surf as a two-legger. I wasn't sure if everybody that I was seeing that wasn't adaptively surfing, if they were all below knee, because every video I was seeing was a below knee, a below knee, a below knee. And then I found someone that wasn't above knee, and I thought, okay, if they can do it, that means it's doable. Let's figure it out. And when I went to Kauai that year, it was December of 2019, and I actually stood up on the board. I was changed instantly, like the, the mana, the power of the ocean and that salt water and that the feel and the energy that was there was incredible. And it was, I mean, I was in seventh heaven the rest of that trip. On the way home, I wrote a blog about it on my blog, um, my blog that I have, and it was entitled like Man of the Power of the Ocean and, and the healing power that it had over me. 
And when I had those two things happen literally within months of each other, I knew that everything was going to be okay. What makes something like that happen? I don't know. I don't know if it's the um, opportunities that I, I made available to myself or that were made available to me. If it was the dreamer in me, and that might be it. It might be the competitive nature of me. All I know is until I tried something and put myself out there, I didn't know what I was capable of. I mean, if you've heard any of my posts or my podcasts before, you will know that one of the three um, surgeons that I talked to about amputation, one of them actually told me I would never walk again and that I was better off with the life that I was living. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The life that I was living, I wasn't really living. I was existing. I was there, but I, I, even with my best efforts, I wasn't able to do anything. Sitting on a couch, lay, raising my leg up, icing my leg, barely able to move anywhere, having a hard time just getting in and out of cars because I had no range of motion. That was not living. And when I heard that, I, at, for a moment, for a brief moment, believed him that maybe this is the, the best my life gets. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad I didn't listen to him. Just because someone is a surgeon and has a doctorate degree does not make them smart about who I am. They do not determine whether or not I will succeed in life. Only I can do that. And only I can take the risks and take the challenges and head on or if I want to divert. But I'll tell you what, I have never been more rewarded by sticking my neck out and trying challenges than I have been through trying something with horses for the first time as an amputee, getting out in the ocean as an amputee. I have tried things and I am better for it. Is there fear? Yes. If you listen to one of my podcasts from a, a month or so ago, the last time we were out skiing, I've been skiing since I was 17. And I've even skied several weeks as an amputee. But still, when you only ski a couple times a year, every time I get out there, my nerves take over. Like, I don't want to fall. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to fail. I hate failing. And so my fears can either ruin any chances I have of feeling great accomplishment or they can make me rise above everything and prove to myself and the world around me that this is not a disability. It is just a differently abled body. And even though I do adaptive skiing, quite frankly, I don't... I. I'm standing, I'm skiing, standing up with one leg, two outriggers, and there is a lot of balance that is, that it entails to, to ski. And maybe I'm not the fastest skier or ski as fast as I used to, but I'll tell you what, my form is better as an amputee than when I was skiing with two legs. I could not get my feet together. So now I don't have to worry about it because my feet aren't going to ever be together. But you know what I mean? Like, all I can say is, if you're not willing to take a chance on yourself, then how will you ever feel the reward and the joy? Because you know what? The bigger the challenge, 
the more you have to really muster up the courage and the character to get through fear and anxiety and unknown. But you know what? The greater that is, the greater the outcome, the greater the reward. It is empowering more than you can ever know. If you've never stepped, really stepped outside your comfort zone and just gone for it, then you won't know the reward of really going big for something. And I would hate for you to miss that because it is so powerful to have that experience in life. And it fills your heart with so much happiness and so much joy that no one can take away from you because you accepted a challenge. You rose to that challenge and you are the one that pushed yourself there and got you there and succeeded. You have a support system. You have people around you. Yes, I have my support system. Without my husband saying, yes, we're still skiing, I may not be able to get out and ski, but I'm very grateful that I do have that support system that I can lean into. But don't mistake it. It still takes me pushing myself out of a comfort zone and into new and unknown territories to reap the rewards and benefits of doing a challenge. So get out there, live your life, no matter what quality of life you're living right now, better it just a little bit. At the end of my podcast, and we are there, I do a call to action because I really firmly believe that you can sit down and listen to a podcast all you want, but I would rather have someone say, here, try this, do this, experience this. So call to action today is to find something you have been wanting to try and fear has kind of held you back and go for it. Just try it. If you fail, who cares? It's about picking yourself back up, building that character. You can only build character and experience through falling down. And when you fall down, you pick yourself back up, you think about what went wrong, and you try again by making the changes you need to make to make it work. And it doesn't have to be big. You know, I was talking to a bunch of ladies last week. We have a great little group of, that we chat with online. And, you know, I realized that I might be here compared to some of you. But I also know where I want to be and I have certain goals set. But maybe for some of you, you have been bedridden or you've been couch and chair or wheelchair ridden for years. And all you want to do is get up and go get the mail someday. You know what? By God, make it happen. What does it take for you to get there? And it might be little tiny baby steps, but isn't a baby step still a step in the right direction. So little food for thought. You don't have to make huge leaps. I'm a huge leap person. Ask my husband. That poor guy has been through so much and he knows me. You know, he loves me for that, I hope, but I've given him a few gray hairs over the years, especially the last four, because I won't accept anything but the best for myself and I don't like being without a challenge. So when I get bored, I go, what can I do now? And he gets very nervous when I get bored because he knows a challenge is coming. And sometimes I bring him in on those challenges. <laughs> and so, you know what? You've just got to do it. My challenge for myself right now 
is I have three virtual races I'm in the middle of that are, I think, over 200 miles total together. But also tomorrow starts March 1st. Actually, when this goes out, it will be March 1st. And I am doing the second year now of the Rucksack Challenge, where it's 48 miles with a weighted backpack on, hiking or walking or treadmilling, whatever you like to do, um, to bring awareness to Mission 22, which is a wonderful group of people who bring awareness and help veterans and um, veteran suicide, um, trying to help them get past that so they that we don't have the 22 a day. So you know, that's my challenge and it starts tomorrow. So be looking for posts on my big old rucksack that I have that I bought last year for this challenge. And um, let's see where my body takes me um, this year on the 48 miles and wish me luck. And if you want to join in, check them out, Mission 22, you know, giving you guys props. Um, it's a great cause and it means a lot to me because you know what, without the freedoms that I have right now, um, I wouldn't be where I'm at. And it's because our, our freedoms have been fought for. And we live in an amazing country. And I salute those that have fought for us. And they deserve our best. So until next week, I want you to get out there. Figure out what challenge can that you can take. What do you fear? And try to overcome that fear. And I bet you on the other side of that, you're going to feel so much pride in what you've done. You're going to feel accomplished. You're going to have endorphins running through your body because you're going to be looking for the next thing to challenge yourself with. And the joy that you will feel after getting past all that. And then look at the milestones because you are now over one hump that was holding you back before. So get out there, live your life, feel empowered. And you know what? When you do it, you are going to be so thankful in the end that your body made it through something like that and your heart is going to be thankful and you're going to feel emotionally in a better place for it. So until next time, keep pushing forward, get out there, be active, live your best life, and as always, be healthy, be happy, be you.